Welcome to Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis. This is a podcast for people who are minding their own business, going along their day, and then all of a sudden their identity and existence is thrown into existential confusion based on DNA results. How is everybody? Welcome. Maybe by now, um, you know the term NPE, which stands for non-paternal event. It's an awkward genealogical term that we use to categorize us. And maybe you know that we have a lot of acronyms around here. NPE is a non-paternal event. MPE is a misattributed parental event. LDA is a late discovery adoptee. A DCP is a donor conceived person. BCF is birth certificate father. And we've got HB is half brother and so on and so forth. I will not <laughs> make this the entire podcast, but I probably could because we probably have some letters to mean every single thing. LOL. Um, but if you hang around us long enough, you'll pick up on all that lingo. Uh, I try not to use too many, but I do know they slip in here and there and I've been getting some questions lately. So hang around a while. You'll get the hang of our super cool lingo. Because if there's anything to learn here, it's how cool we are. How, 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 how is everybody doing? What's going on in your life? Um, I feel like I haven't been able to use this podcast time to talk about my own life as much as I used to, right? Like I just get right into the interviews a little bit quicker now. And y'all, I am so busy. I feel like I can barely keep up with anything. Uh, ah, this happened this week. Sometimes I have so much to do. It feels like I got nothing done, even though I worked all day. Does that ever happen to you? I'm kind of getting myself overwhelmed and upset just talking about it. But overall, my life is good. Uh, my journal's out now, so I hope it's helping people out in the world like you and me. It's called Who Even Am I Anymore? A process journal. Um, but I don't want my podcast to sound like a commercial. It just feels so slimy, and I don't, I don't just, ugh, I feel so embarrassed. Um, I don't know how people do this naturally or smoothly and just have it in their conversations like, oh, what? Like I have a journal. It's no big deal. Just like you could buy it. Um, I, but you can see right through it. I, so how do I do it so that I'm being transparent, but I also sound natural? Anyway, I don't know how to do it. If you're interested in the journal, you can head over to my website or go directly to Amazon. Cool? Cool. One thing that was happening to me while I was talking with this next interview is that I totally started worrying halfway through that it was one long commercial for DNA Angels. And of course, in one sense, it is. Um, they're an organization and they want more people to know about them. And it, like, I mean, I'm not stupid. I, I know that a lot of people on my podcast are here to talk about something that they are selling in one way or another. Um, I have a lot of books, a lot of writers on here. Um, I don't bring anybody on that I don't think will help and that I don't think has something interesting to say for the record. Uh, I guess I'm back to thinking about capitalism again, you guys. Um, sorry, back to the topic at hand. Kelly Grace at DNA Angels called me and said she wanted to talk about her NPE experience and what DNA, DNA Angels can do for people. So that's what we did. Um, I hope you can hear the moment that I realized that all of their services cost no money. If it starts to sound too good to be true, I'm with you. But hang in there. Listen to the whole thing.
So I'm here with Kelly Grace from DNA Angels. Very excited to get to meet you and connect with you about what DNA Angels does. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your story and and how how you got to be a part of this this awesome organization? Well, it started um, funny enough, Valentine's Day, 2016. It started actually. It's my husband's fault. Um, every year for my husband's birthday, because his birthday is in January, I always try to get him something extra cool for his birthday. Because you know, people with January birthdays kind of get the short end of the stick. Totally. So. I bought him a DNA kit because he had always thought that he had Native American ancestry. And I thought, okay, well, let's prove it. None. Zero. <laughs> like how you, you started to smile before you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was totally funny. So nothing surprising there, you know, mom's side showed up, dad's side showed up. We didn't think anything of it. He decided to reciprocate for Valentine's day. He must've got a coupon or something like that and thought, oh, I'll get her this for Valentine's day. Let me tell you, worst Valentine's Day present ever. <laughs> and I had already built a huge tree back in like 2009 or 2011 for my for my father's side of the family, because my dad had no idea where he was really from. He thought he might be Irish, thought he might be Scottish. He wasn't really sure. Um, his family had been in this country for so long. They were just they were from Indiana. That's where they were from. Uh -huh. They're um, American. Right, right. So, um, and my mother's family is my mother is first generation um, born in this country from Sicily. So I knew everybody that was on that side, you know, all 3000 people in my first cousins. Um, so and you can't go back very far. Italian records are terrible. And everybody's got the name in my family of either William or um, Anthony. So <laughs> I had built my dad this huge, beautiful tree. I had gone back to the 1100s. I found out he was actually Scottish and Norman French. And there's a little bit of Scandinavian in there. And we had visited Scotland. We had gone to the Orkney Islands where his family was from. And I spit in the tube. And the test results came back. And it said kind of like maybe a little bit German French. They didn't weren't sure. This is back in 2016. So, you know, as ancestry goes along, they, they drill down and they get finer tuned ethnicities. Well, it was close enough for me. There was some UK, there was some Scandinavian, there was some maybe French, maybe German. Normandy, of course, is right there. Yeah. So close. So I wasn't worried right over the border. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right there. And there was this, there was this cousin that I had no idea who she was. And I thought, well, that's really strange. Um, I have one first cousin on dad's side. I wonder who this person is. Actually, there's two of them. Didn't think anything more about it. Mm -hmm. Figured I would figure it out later. I do have two aunts. One of them never married. I thought, well, maybe my aunt gave some, a child up for adoption. You know, maybe never really thought about it until a year later. 2017 rolls around and I happened to read my ancestry mail for the first time in over a year. And there's a message from this woman and she's trying to figure out how we're connected. So I shoot back an email and I say, uh, yeah, so my family is from Indiana and Northern Kentucky, and here are the family names. And she writes back that she doesn't recognize any of those. And I think, okay, nothing, nothing's strange until a year later. <laughs> right, I was really on top of this. Memorial Day 2018, Friday before Memorial Day, I am a paralegal in a practice that does family and probate law. 
Oof. And I'm sitting there, I'm writing a memo to the judge uh, trying to prove that this guy only has, that he has no other heirs. And I'm like, how do you prove that somebody doesn't exist? So I go on Ancestry and I'm looking up, you know, some death certificates, some birth records. And I find out that Alabama really doesn't have great records because that's where he was born. Um, I have the obituaries, of course, that his family wrote. But if there's another child out there, I don't know that there is. And I start looking at my DNA results again. And I start noticing that these two people on the top of my matches are the same amount of DNA I share with my mother's younger brother, my uncle. Oh. So a quick post to Facebook. Hey, what does, uh, how much is 1867 Centimorgans? Mm -hmm. what, what kind of relationship is that? Someone comes back and goes, that sounds like a half sibling. Okay. So I do a little Googling and um, I pull up the green chart. You know, everyone knows what the green chart is. And I look and it says grandparent, aunt, uncle, half sibling, niece, nephew. A close either. Yeah. Right. So I write back to this person. So I'm thinking, okay, well, she's obviously not a first cousin now. And I'm thinking, okay, how, how does this work? And she gives me enough information that I figure out she's from my hometown, which is a very small town in Northwest Ohio. She's 19 years older than me. And she has a sibling that's somewhere younger than her. And I start, I, I do my internet stalking thing. Now I have been, um, I have been a finder of people since 2000 and I can't even tell you, or the, actually the late nineties, I worked for a um, professional society for podiatrists and I used to find all their retired members. They were all in Florida. So it was pretty easy, <laughs> but I I'm, I'm fairly adept at stalking people and finding them. So I, I get everything. I mean, I've got her criminal history. I've got all of her siblings names. Now there's not just one, there's, there's a bunch of them. Um, I've got everything, but her parents' names. And I, a couple hours later, I've got parents' names because um, even though they're living, I find an obituary that lists, uh, I think the wife and then of course her husband. And I'm, I'm drawing out family trees and I'm thinking, well, my grandfather was said to have been, you know, a little bit of a wild man. So maybe he's got another child. And then I figure out that that just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, relationship wise. So it finally dawns on me as I'm looking at my DNA that my sister's child is listed and she and I share 798 centimorgans. Um. And I'm thinking if, if this is my uncle and he's got 1600 and she's my niece and she's half of that. Mm -hmm. And I go back to the green chart and the green chart yep. says first cousin, half niece and i'm like oh god half niece half niece what does that mean mm -hmm. oh my god my dad had an affair right so then i go back <laughs> totally right blame it on dad so i go back and i and i say um okay well her birthday is here let's pop it into a conception calculator what's 10 months before that my dad was in korea at that point in time she can't be my sister and then it dawns on me if she was if it was if wait a minute, I, you know, the whole reason I did the DNA was twofold. Number one, to kind of prove my dad's family tree. And number two, my dad was estranged from his biological family. I knew nobody. Oh. I knew his two sisters and that was it. And they live out in California. I had never, I had met them all of like five times my entire life. 
so I was looking for cousins and things, and I was looking for them to be in Indiana. And she's telling me her family is all in Pennsylvania. So it finally dawns on me that the, 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 the synapses fire, the connections made, oh my God, mom's the one that had the affair. And I crawled into bed and didn't come out till Tuesday morning when I had to go to work. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, oh my God. My, okay, so first of all, let me just tell you, my mother died when I was five. Wow. She had a very, um, she had pulmonary scleroderma. Um, which is mm. a very rare autoimmune. And so she passed when I was five and I had always heard, Oh, you were the miracle child. We weren't expecting you. Your mom always wanted another child. They were told she was told she couldn't have one. Your dad, you know, wasn't going to oblige. You know, they, I had been told this, my dad did not want another child. He wanted <laughs> mom more than he wanted another child. So it just didn't dawn on me at that, you know, for most of my life, this is, this is, you know, what was going on. Why and would it? Why would it? We love miracle why would babies. It? <laughs> we love right, a miracle right. baby. I, I mean, love being the miracle know, baby. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, ah, the miracle baby. You know, see my halo, see my crown. I am the miracle child. I can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until it, it kind of started coming to me in pieces. And, you know, your smartphones really are smart and they really are stalking us. Um, I have a Google pixel and they have a news feed. So if I swipe to one side, it'll show me top news stories or articles I might be interested. And the Atlantic monthly came out in June of 2018 with an article. And I went, you mean I'm not the only one? Mm-hmm. There's a Facebook group for people mm-hmm. like me. So I went and looked and, um, I had, by the way, uh, at this point in time, blown up every single bridge I could possibly have with my my biological half-sister. She did not want to tell me what that relationship was. She knew. She knew what that relationship was. She wouldn't tell me. And then when I realized what it was, and I had done stalking, both my biological father and his wife of now 70 years are still alive to this day. He's 90. He is 90 mm. years old. I don't know how old she is, but they've been married for at least 70 years. Wow. So I'm like, okay, I'm 46 at the time, you know, um, obviously he cheated. I don't know if she knows, but this is okay. I get it. I tell her, I said, look, I understand your parents are both still alive. You're protecting your mom. I get it. I get it. Can you give me some information? And so she did. She gave me some information. She sent me pictures. I have pictures of my paternal grandfather, uh, my paternal um, siblings um, that she sent me, um, pictures of my father as a child, which look suspiciously like pictures of me when I was a child. Mm -hmm. I now know where I got my fangs from. (laughs) Um, And the funny thing is, is that she and I are so much more alike than the sister I grew up with. Now, I love my sister. But we are on two totally different planets. Mm. She orbits her own and I'm here on Earth. And connecting with this person who I had so much in common with, um, she drinks tea, she likes puzzles, she loves, she's an avid reader, she likes murder mysteries. I mean, 
You're sitting in a library right now. Like I'm sitting I get in it. a library. I get it. Right. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And then she tells me that her younger sister is a paralegal. Wow. And then, then she gives me the news that uh, that I've always wanted to hear because I've grown up basically as an only child. My sister is 15 years older than me. That we have a brother. I will tell you, I covet that brother. I want that brother. And then I say, okay, when do I get to meet them? And she Mm -hmm. says, no, you can have a relationship with me or nothing. And I went along with it and and, and I, I cut her off for about six months. And I, I threw myself into this, these online support groups and there's a lot of them out there. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. um, for the one support group, they put out a call for people that could be search angels. And I said to them, look, I don't know anything about DNA at this point, but I can find anyone. And not only can I find them, I can tell you their name, their address, their shoe size. You, you tell me what you want to know. I will find it. That job at the podiatry association who knew what you were you were preparing for later in life? Who knew? So I was paired together in a small group with two other ladies, one of them being Laura Olmsted. So in June, I had figured out mom had an affair. By July, I had figured out when she had the affair because she plugged my birth date into that conception calculator. And I was conceived the week after Thanksgiving. Dad went on a fishing trip the week after Thanksgiving every year. Every year. So then the next thing was, where does a terminally ill woman who likes ceramics and is devoutly Catholic meet a man? Mm-hmm. She meets him at work, same place she picked up her husband. They all work together. I was going to say work or church, work or church. <laughs> uh, and I believe he actually went to the same Catholic church we did because he didn't live too far away from us. But um, my sister, my sister that I share my mother with, we we're in a hotel room in Denver, Colorado. And she calls up her ex-boyfriend and says, Hey, can you call your brother who worked at the same plant our father did and find out if this man worked there? And sure enough, he worked there. So, and then of course, afterwards I started doing um, searches on newspapers.com and I've got tons of articles about both my own father and him. Cause every time they were promoted, it got, printed in the local newspaper because what else do you write about in Northwest Ohio? So I, I worked Laura and I, and we eventually added two more angels. And so from November of 2018 through about February of 2019, um, we worked exclusively with um, members of the support group, helping them find their fathers. And we decided we wanted to branch out because we wanted to be able to help a broader base of people. So we struck out on our own. We started calling ourselves DNA angels and um, that's where it started. Mm-hmm. And I just got goosebumps at that part. Oddly enough, my step nephew comes about December of 2020 and he says, Hey, does anyone know how to do this DNA stuff? And I send him a message. I said, what do you need? I said, because don't try to tell me that your father isn't your father because I know better. Um, I was there when you were born. <laughs> he says, no, 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 no. Um, and granted, my nephew and I are only 14 years apart. So we are 
I'm closer to him now than I am to some of my own step siblings. In fact, I'm not close to any of my step siblings. We'll just put that out there. Um, and he says, no, my friend, um, my friend Nick has never known his father. And we've decided that this is the year we're going to do it. 2021 is going to be next year. And I said, okay, I will contact Laura. We will do one last case together for Nick. And you better make a hell of a donation to DNA Angels. He says, we're making a movie. So <laughs> we did the entire thing via Zoom. Amazing. And somewhere out there is the trailer. And actually, I got a message from Corey last week that he's trying to do some final edits and he's working with some of the interviews that he did. He says, I'm really having a hard time cutting your interview down to 10 minutes. And I said, well, then don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. He had 23 and me only at that point in time. And both his parents, his father's half, his, both his father's siblings had tested. So his aunt and his uncle. So they popped right so up. They popped right up. And we had a name. We knew what Nick's dad's name possibly was from mom. We hmm. just, it was such a, it was such a generic name though. And he was living in California. Oh boy. And I'll tell you this, his first name was John. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, and oddly enough, we got him. And I, <laughs> I gave him three phone numbers. The first one, and you can see this kind of in the, in the trailer, the first one numbers disconnected. Second one numbers disconnected. The third one, somebody picked up mm -hmm. and it was John. And so they actually got to go out there Labor Day of this year, of last year, and meet him. Wow. So, and Laura said, you know, you, you, and she's always done this to me, you know, whenever she had a difficult search, she would send me, you know, hey, can you, when you have time, can you look this up for me? I can't find anything. And I swear, sometimes I think, Laura, are you just doing this to like, keep touch with me? Because I would put in their name and it would pop right up. And I'm like, here's your obituary. Yeah. It's like, you know. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You were looking for like, you know, it's not like she's looking for John Smith. She was giving me these crazy names mm -hmm, and they would mm -hmm. pop right up. And she's like, I couldn't find it, honestly. And I'm like, okay, right. And she said to me, you know, you can, you can always come back. And I was like, well, okay. Since January of 2021, um, I've been back and it's been crazy. And we have, and Laura would say, I turned my mess into a message. Mm. and. March of last year, I got up the, oh, I can't really say it's courage because I sent him a FedEx instead of calling, but I know mm -hmm. he got it and I know he read it and um, radio silence. Mm -hmm. I wanted to let him know that I was having surgery because because of my half sister, I had a prophylactic double mastectomy. Oh. because she's like, by the way, um, I had breast cancer. Make sure you always get checked. So I told my doctor that, and she's like, we're doing a myriad genetic test on you. And I popped for the check to uh, gene. And she said, all right, here's the deal. And we had a whole long conversation with a genetic counselor. And they said, you've got a 30% and it goes up exponentially after you turn 50. Wow. And I went, well, my 49th birthday is in about eight months, so I better get to working on this. I was like, okay, well, here's your sign. Um, go get it done. And so I, I emailed, I emailed her one last time. And I said, look, I, I, I need, I need to make contact. 
And she's like, I, I actually, I don't know what she said. I could not read her last response. I forwarded it to Laura mm. and I handed my cell phone to my best friend. And both of them said the same thing. You guys write just alike. Hmm. In fact, my best friend was convinced that I had written that email and not her. I said, no, that, that's not me. I, I don't even know what it says. So I've never read it to this day. And they suggested you not read it. They, they thought I should. They said she's she's trying. She's being very nice about it. They're, they're like she's putting it the way you would when you're doing one of your they, they've heard me, you know, have to tell people mm-hmm. things that are hard to hear because I do that. I do that all day at work. Right. And sometimes I do that all night. <laughs> for mm-hmm, work. Mm-hmm. Um, we have now 35 to 40 volunteers. Wow. We've solved over 2,500 cases lifetime. That's from that. No, that's from 2019 forward. Um, Since 2019, you've solved how many? We have solved over 2,500 cases total for DNA angels. I think the number is like 26. Um, it was it was over 26,000 when I looked uh, like last week and I was like, yeah, we missed our 2,500 mark. <laughs> um, whoops. Because um, we do post. Once mm-hmm. a week, our, our, our guy will come in and he'll clean up the data and show what we've done for the week. And I, I added it up because I know it's 550 for 2019, mm-hmm. um, 697 for 2020, 1236 for 2021. And we're already this year well over 100. And that was just in January. And wow. um, yeah, he comes in and does it Sunday morning. And I'm like, y'all we missed it we missed 2500 mm-hmm. and they're like oh we better make a post about that <laughs> so um and we've just got so many things going on i mean for those people who don't know we do we help npes adoptees donor conceived um foster children anyone who's never known a parent um and so between all of those we have done it, it's just I'm actually looking up the number now. So in this is to last Sunday. Um, and I think we've solved probably, I think when I looked at our, our sheets this week, it was 15 or 16 cases. We had 176 as of last Sunday. And that's for the year. That's in one for the year, which is one month, just, by the way, everybody, one month. it's the first week of February right now that we're talking. <laughs> right. It's February the 11th. And everybody's finding you think, do you feel like it's uh, word of mouth that's that people the word is spreading? You know, we ask in screening, how did you hear about us? And the last couple screenings I've done, it's all been Google. And we've Hmm. been, you know, I Googled, how do I find my birth father? or I Googled how to find my birth parents. But word of mouth. Yeah, we've, you know, I had a client a couple of months ago who one of our board members is donor conceived and he, we found his father and they posted a story in his alma mater's newsletter. She works for the school actually. And was her mother was part of the same program that his was. Um, So it was, I think through Johns Hopkins and she contacted us and was like, Hey, this is how I found you. I found you through, um, you know, through Chris, and it was like, wow. Um, you know, we've had we've had lots of crazy things. Like 
word of mouth, you know, I, I did one a couple of weeks ago where it was another client. Laura's actually working one now that is one of our, one of my clients, her mother's side has, has somebody that they want to find who the father is. Mm-hmm. She said, do you mind if I take this case? And I'm like, no, I'm at work. And it's been one heck of a week. And, you know, my administrative list of things to do this weekend is like, you know, gigantic. So um, go ahead and take it because she can, sol- she can solve a case in, in hours that would take me maybe a day. Right. Um, so you, okay. So wait, so DNA angels officially is you and Laura. Officially, she is the executive director. Okay. I am just, um, you know what? <laughs> I don't, I'm the secretary of the board. Um, I'm jokingly the chief of staff. <laughs> um, the vice president? No, I just, I keep the trains running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, we have a great, we have, um, there are about five of us that are kind of the administrative team. Mm-hmm. We have our, our website person and um, our lead intake specialist our lead genetic genealogist, Laura and myself that kind of handle it all. So, um, and they're all on the website. You can kind of look at all of them. Plus we have the board and our board is made up mostly of former clients. Our president is an adoptee. Our treasurer is an NPE, I think. Um, I, our legal advisor, or not our legal advisor, he's just our advisor, but he happens to work in a legal field, he's donor <laughs> conceived. <laughs> you know, uh, we're it's it's kind of a crazy mix. Um, but yeah, we we do. Um, we're and we we've got uh, we've got a fundraising uh, coordinator. We've we've got a, we've got positions. You know, we're we've been expanding and trying to like not do it all of ourselves, which is you know, for the longest time, you know, Laura was trying to kind of handle everything herself. And I was like, you, you've got to take some of that stress mm-hmm. off. You guys got to diversify. Right. So we, we have teams, um, you know, our lead genetic genealogist, Amy is the head of one team. Amy, uh, Laura is the head of another team. I had a team and I was like, you know what? I don't like being a team lead. I would rather just kind of <laughs> like, you know, I'll schedule all the meetings and I'll do all the, the, the grunt work, but I, you know, I'll, I don't, I don't necessarily want to be checking over everybody's work all the time. Mm-hmm. So if somebody, if somebody's inter- if somebody's looking for their family, their family line, their mm-hmm. father, um, mm-hmm. m- most, mostly it's a father, although mostly. not always, not um, always. We do get, uh, we do get adoptees looking for both sure. sides and those are fun, man. Let's, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, trying to Suss out which side is which is always a fun mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. The services that you offer, they cost money? No. No. To find to find a biological parent, it is always free. Always free. So yeah. I feel like everybody can you say that again? Like I was really like, oh, we need to probably talk about how much this costs. This right, right. So here's the thing. If you were to go out and hire a genetic genealogist, the starting retainer is about $2,500 and we are developing premium services for, for things, but finding our core mission is finding biological parents and that will always be free. So you come to me, you say, Hey, I got these crazy DNA results or, Hey, I don't know who my dad is. It's free. Um, you know, Kelly Grace, that's a really big deal. Even though I talk to people all the time on this podcast that are doing these kinds of services, 
to hear you say it like that is really moving. It's, it's, it's really our powerful. Passion. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And that's one of the reasons that I came back is that it, it's, I understand, you know, oddly enough, we had a, a young lady come to us yesterday and she said, I have this match and she's two months younger than me. And she shares, I think it was 1800 centimorgans. And we're like, Oh, okay. And we said, okay, that's, that's probably going to be a half sister there. And we figured out, you know, we, we took a look at it and we said, okay, well, you match both your, your mom's and your dad's side of the family. Um, so, um, looks like, you know, dad may have stepped out and she says, she, she took a moment and she says, um, Oh, I just got a message from her. And I said, well, how do you feel about that? And she says, you know, I'm looking at it like this. She's my sister. It's not her fault that she is in this situation. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to her. I'm going to, and they've been talking um, for the last day. And I said to her, I said, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because you are in the position that my sister was in and you know to have somebody so welcoming now granted she was sort of welcoming to me but sort of not mm-hmm. um and i could have i could have kept that relationship the way it was you know but it was very it was very strained and i mm-hmm. i was i felt like i wasn't being myself and i wasn't being true to myself and my husband said to me, he said, you are not going to be happy with this long term. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to hear this young lady say, um, this is not her fault, mm-hmm. blew me away because, and, you know, people get all sorts of results. I know you've seen all sorts of, you know, welcomes on your, from your guests, um, from the ones I've listened to, it's been a mixed bag, just like it is with our clients. And actually, the funny thing is, is we actually just started a program for our clients. It's a mentoring program where they can have another NPE or another adoptee or another somebody similar to them, you know, same age range, same circumstances, kind of be their buddy. That's brilliant. We keep saying how many, we need this more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Well, what happened was, is I had a, I had a client that we had given her the information probably six months ago and she just kind of sat on it (laughs) and she's like, and you know, maybe she didn't feel comfortable coming back to us because, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to be her mom. Um, and Laura and I were talking to her the other day and she said, you know, she needs a buddy. And well, it's like a buddy we system. Had, we totally need a buddy, a buddy system. system. And we have an intake specialist who is just this bubbly, bright, made contact, had a good response from her new biological family. And um, we grabbed her and said, come here. And they hit it off. And I said to her, I said, you know, we might have something here. Mm-hmm. So, so I've got two girls that are working on it. I'm kind of overseeing the project. But they're they're the ones driving it and they've got a spreadsheet, they've got their demographics. And when they get somebody in, they discuss it between them and they say, okay, who do we have that fits this this range, you know, that fits what we've got here? And um, they've been matching up buddies left and right. So I'm proud of them, you know. 
I think partly what that speaks to, and which I think you were even saying before, before you got to the buddy system, but is just the, the healing power of doing work that helps other people, but in doing so you're healing yourself and how, what the sort of beautiful cycle that can be. I think I said in, and I don't know if it's been posted yet. Um, I also write a blog for, for DNA angels that's posted on our website. And I, if I haven't said it in one of the 10 that are up there, it's in one of the two that's coming. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm only two ahead at this point, but I live vicariously through my clients that have good responses. It's so refreshing to me. Like, like the lady yesterday who said, this is not her fault. Mm-hmm, like people who mm-hmm. can't come back to me right before I hopped on with you, I was talking to a young man who said, Hey, I've been talking with my, my aunt and, um, because unfortunately his father has passed. I've been talking to my aunt and she's going to test for me to confirm. And, you know, she's been telling me about him and she's been interested in how, you know, my mother knew him. And, and, you know, so I've been sharing that with her and uh, because he had some, some pretty good non-identifying information um, (laughs) from his mom, but, you know, sometimes moms don't always tell the whole truth. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked one last night where, I found out this morning, he thought he was the biological father the whole time, actually drove mom to the hospital when she was in labor and accidentally broke the key off in the door because um, he was so nervous. And, but she said, it's not yours. It's not yours. And um, it was <laughs> kind of a funny thing. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I was like, well, when I said, when I said the, the guy's name to her, I said that, you know, I, I, I said, she's, cause she's been working with this first cousin and they're both NPEs mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, our dads must be related. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure your dad is mom's brother to him. And he, he says, well, I've only got one uncle. And I said, yeah, ask mom about, and she, mom came back and she said, Oh, I didn't think it was him. And I was like, <laughs> I love it when they're from small towns. Yeah. And totally. like everybody, and everybody knows each other. like, oh, it's so and so. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's always, you just don't know, always an adventure. It's very much an invitation, an opportunity to engage in your imagination in ways uh, you may, you might not have thought of. <laughs> before. Right. I'm like, why don't we ask somebody, you know, ask mom. Yeah. Um, you know, she may not be truthful, but ask her. You never know. So if people want to connect with DNA Angels, the best thing to do is to go to the website, correct? You can go to the website or we have a screening room on Facebook. We do all of our work by Facebook Messenger. That way it creates a permanent record for you. So if you look for the DNA Angel screening room, that will take you to us. You have to answer a couple you know, quick little questions just to make sure that mm-hmm. you're real and not uh, some somebody that is, you know, just sending a bot out to sure. to answer. Um, and one of our intake specialists will get in touch with you via messenger and um, she'll help you through the, the process. And we've got some great intake specialists. Let me tell you, we have got the top team of intake specialists. They are so good. Um, they <laughs> you are sold so me. You good. sold me. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'll be there. That is so great. Oh, wow. Kelly Grace, this is so cool. I'm so I'm so excited we got to talk today. Um and just so Me grateful too. for people like you. Just out there doing the hard work. Well, I'm grateful work. for for you. You're doing the hard work. You're the one putting, you know, the messages out for everybody. I mean, 
shoot, two years ago, who would have thought that, you know, two, three years ago when I was, you know, oh my God, I'm the only person in the world. And now I find out that 10% of us that spit have a, you know, yeah, and that's only the people that actually take the test. That spit. Yeah. How it's many others so are isolating? Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Oh, so cool. Great. And I will make sure, um, I always tell everybody this, but, and, um, but I always try to make sure that all my, all the information that I am learning from my guests, I make sure it's on the Instagram when I, or my social media, when I post the episode. And then I also will put this as a resource on my website. Perfect. We would love to be a resource for, for your listeners. Um, we would absolutely love that. Cool. The more people that know, the more people will know. That's great. That's right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Have a good evening. Bye. Kelly Grace. Bye. Bye. Well, Kelly Grace was a hoot and I love the work she's doing to help people find their people. Any information that you need, you can go to my website and I have a link there of resources for NPEs um, and you'll see more information of how to find the DNA angels and other resources that may be of service to you. Um, you know what I thought, (laughs) you know what I thought I'd be saying more on this podcast when I started putting it together? I thought I'd be saying everything's relative, like within the context of people's stories that it would make sense and that we would discuss how one person's story is more or less dramatic compared to someone else's. And I would be like, yeah, it just goes to show everything's relative but I never do that. Still the name of a show though. Find us on all the socials at Everything's Relative Podcast. And hey, keep in touch, support us on Patreon, make a small pledge, um, or even a one-time donation. Just spread the word about what we're doing over here. Tell a friend, Everything's Relative Podcast with Eve Sturgis. I will be back soon. I hope you're doing all right these days. Everybody keep washing your hands and say please and thank you. Bye-bye. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Eve Sturgis and Kaylin Egan and edited by Joy Rumor. Logo designed by Ivy McNally and music is used with permission from Goodbye the Band. Eve is a licensed psychotherapist, but her podcast episodes are not therapy sessions. Yeah.